good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. What's up, y'all? You are listening to your Probably Right podcast, and you are listening to also your host, MCM. Now, check this out. (laughs) I've had some interesting times of late, and it's like, one thing I can tell you is it's difficult. Oh, man, this thing's like clipping or whatever. It's difficult not to include your life It's kind of like a stand-up comedian where he basically or she basically um, recapitulates or um, regurgitates some of the funny things that happen in their lives. And not necessarily funny things that happen in their life, but just things. And they make it funny. Well, like that, some of us podcasters, when we get up on here, it's like we just want to talk about our lives but it's like um (laughs) let me start off by saying that welcome to your probably right podcast and i am your host mcm and i will say that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only um if any people are referenced in this podcast the names will surely be changed And hopefully none of the characters that you glean will be anybody even close to being real in reality. How's that? Weird, right? Okay, so check it out. So, I wanted to talk about a few things, but the main topic for today is toxic people. Now, I could go right for the... Sorry, I'm drinking Diet Pepsi. I've been drinking all these diet drinks right now. I'm trying to lose weight, but I still want to have a taste of the fizz. So here I am drinking Diet Pepsi only because they didn't have Coke Zero. Coke Zero is way better, by the way. Just thought I'd put that out there and they're not, um, what do you call it, sponsoring me yet. So shout out to Coke and Pepsi for that matter, because Pepsi could be better as well. No, (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Okay, we're going to get right into it. Um, Let's see. Dealing with difficult people. Now, some people may just call them difficult. Some people may call them toxic. And I'm just going to throw in my two cents here and there. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about toxic workplaces. So we're going to talk about toxic people, but we're also going to talk about toxic workplaces. Okay? So just chill out for a second. I could pause this thing, but I mean, you're listening to some beats, right? Just chilling in the background there. Um, I found this weird way of transcribing my, I mean, I could put this through my actual provider, but I'm kind of doing it the, until I I have like more than 40,000 people listening to me, I, and not to say that the production level needs to be um, less, but, um, 
until I have a substantial amount of listeners, I think, you know, because it's just you and me and I'm here speaking into your ear and we're friends, right? And um, you've listened to, well, I mean, shout out to my first time and my last time listeners and my regular listeners, of course, thank you from all across the world. Man, I don't know where I'd be if I was just um, <laughs> worried about the people in Ontario, Canada listening to me. But I'm cool. Like I'm all over. I'm in Africa. I'm in South America, Central America. I'm in Europe. I'm all over, <laughs> um, and that's really cool. But um, I wanted to um, wait. No, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about something. But um, toxic workplaces. Let's start off with that. You know. People keep talking about this um, anti-black racism mandate or um, not mandate initiative in general, and we keep talking about what we can do for children and what we can do for the youth and the children are the future and we want them to grow up in a world where they're free to be themselves and we want choice for the children not only the parents um and speaking as if the parents have had all this choice you know speaking as a parent it really really annoys me because what people don't realize is that in supporting some of these things you're overstepping the parents you never considered the parents and when i'm talking about the parents now obviously parents who have maybe one really good income or two fairly good income homes with a babysitter or a nanny or a grandparent watching the kids while you go to work um, and they do a little fundraising maybe they're on the board for the school and all that stuff um, maybe those people are represented in schools and their ideas and their ideologies are pushed through along with the mandates that the board and the government sees fit. But who I'm thinking of are the people who are schlepping along, working their tails off, maybe at two jobs, sometimes a one parent home, and they're not financially stable and barely have time to even uncross their I's and dot their T's <laughs> when they get home. Those people, the people that meet their kids at home two hours after their kids have already been home or the ones that say hi and buy and go off to their second job or those ones that are just so uneducated that they have no clue what it means when you're putting their child in a special class or when the child is being pushed through with a 54 onto the next grade realizing that the child probably knows less than half of the information from the previous grade but they push them along those people and those people that it happened to those people you know i think about this these initiatives that, that i'm sorry i keep saying the word initiative but it's like there is there is a push to this stuff like let's find out what the children want let's give the children what they need um but you know the parents don't necessarily know well yeah the parents don't necessarily know because you haven't necessarily taught them properly you haven't brought them up in your system properly and now you want to bypass them and ask little johnny or little susie what they think they want to be 
who they think they are, what they think they are. And it goes on and on and on from there. And you're like overstepping your boundaries and you're overstepping steps, you know, and it's just so annoying. I mean, I'm talking about people who have been working one job at one company for over 15 years and the positions that are available to them even after upgrading are entry-level positions how is anybody supposed to live like that i mean it's just you know you don't want to talk about ageism but it's like reverse ageism it's like screw the older people screw the people who have all the experience and all the knowledge and all the know-how and let's just give someone who has freshly come out of university or freshly come out of college or someone who hasn't done either of those things the exact same paycheck as the person who has all this built up knowledge and understanding and wisdom you know and who has attempted and tried and been successful in upgrading their scholastic or their um, higher education in one way or another people keep saying that they value experience they, they value lived experience. They value employees that have been around and been doing the job correctly and properly and exceeding expectations or going over and above for their clients or whoever. But yet you're not showing it. They're not showing it in monetarily, <laughs> in money. You know, the end of the day, you can talk about all these things that you want to do. Unless you put your money where your mouth is, you're not saying anything. Money talks. And I'm tired of everybody pretending. Well, not everybody. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm tired of people pretending that it's not money that's driving all of these things. You have people pushing through life, making next to nothing. Because when the rent takes it, when cost of living takes it, they have nothing. And you know what they're counting on? that itty bitty little retirement that may not even be there for kids born in the late 60s, 70s, once they finally retire and reach 65. I just have this small feeling, this pinch that when people born, let's say 1967 and after, they're going to find a way to recoup that money, not only with inflation, but other ways as well. And it's just, it's horrible. And I, I mean, I speak, I speak to it because I'm going through it myself. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like when people keep talking about all these things that they want to change for black people. You know, they talk about slavery, the Atlantic, the transatlantic slave trade. They talk about, you know, people going from Africa to um, the whole continent of Africa, by the way, not just the little peaks, not just the Ivory Coast, Ghana, and um, just West Africa, not just a little pieces all over. They grab people from, you know, the French took some, um, the Boers, the um, Netherlands, I guess, I can't remember what it is. They, they, <laughs> they took some, um, the Americans took some, England or Great Britain took some, they were spread out. And 
these people's backgrounds, tribal lifestyles and cultures, religions were totally different. These weren't just black people they took from Africa. They took various types of black people from Africa and they moved them all about, moved them all around. You know, they talk about that and they say, okay, that's the one bad atrocity that happened to black people. What about what they did in Namibia? They did, they did what they did in Germany to the Jews before they did it to, they did it in Namibia first, before they did it in, in Germany. And these were the actual Germans. And now they don't like the wording on it. They don't want to hear about reparations. They want to hear about genocide. They just want to hear about correcting um, mistakes and faults and all those kinds of wordings because they don't want to end up paying back all the other countries that they screwed over as well. And I mean, the powers that be, they're not trying to help the average Joe Blow. And I don't know why we fool ourselves into thinking that they really are. Everybody, well, these things cannot be fixed by money. You're right. I can't get my name back. I can't get my culture back. There's so many things I can't get back. So we're not stupid or ignorant thinking that things can be fixed by money. But some things can be helped with money. And I figure if I have been hurt and say you can't fix exactly what you hurt. You can't fix the trauma. You can't fix the pain. You can fix some things. And I'm saying you can start with if the person you wronged is saying, okay, well, I would like a little restitution financially. Why shouldn't you have to help out that way? Well, it's just not going to happen because those who have don't want to give to the have-nots. And that's just straight up. And we can fight and we can say that this culture is better than that culture. To tell you the truth, and I'm just being straight up and I'm just talking off the cuff. Remember, this is all for entertainment purposes only. I don't know nothing. And I ain't professing to be that I'm a professor or any other kind of, you know, doctor. <laughs> or um, philosopher in any way. I'm just a dude talking to you, right? Just me and you, we're, we're here sitting here and, and I'm just kind of laying into your ear a little bit. And, you know, there's so many things that are not going to be changed. The reality is people who these atrocities have been done to their ancestors, their parents, even some to themselves, you have to forgive. And you might think, well, buddy, it didn't sound like you were talking about forgiveness. Well, I think that's always a, a, a starting point, forgiveness. Because if you can't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. That's what the scriptures say. But at the same time, if you can't forgive, you're going to be holding on to this bitterness. This bitterness that will destroy your life. But at the same time, when these things are being played out right in front of you, when you're just asking for a little help here and there, like how about offer some type of way for those who were held back with this, you know, they say systemic racism, this, these microaggressions, um, those people living in different types of lifestyles, whatever it is that have been um, tortured, hurt or held back maybe just offer some help for them to pull themselves up a little bit 
give the opportunity. Don't tax them more off the peanuts that they're getting in the first place. And you know what really bugs me is what is the, you know I've talked about it before at the bottom of these um, these job descriptions for open jobs at com- companies saying that they support um, BIPOC people, you know, black, indigenous people of color um, in, in applying for these positions, they give a whole bunch of jibber jabber and go at length about the whole thing. But basically, it just seems and feels like they're just trying to do the quota thing. You know, and I can tell you, nobody honestly wants to be part of anybody's quota. Now, obviously, some of us are going to benefit and obviously some of us aren't going to be experienced or knowledgeable enough to do certain jobs that we get just because of this quota mentality, which I really don't want to quote a job. (laughs) I really don't know. I know where my skills are. And I would like it if my skills can be valued for what they are. And I don't have to push myself into a place where I don't know anything and just get along for getting along's sake. It's not comfortable. It's not desirable at all. And I don't know. Maybe there are some people who just want that money. Listen, if somebody throws an extra 10 or 20,000 at you, it's still not going to fix your life. Don't fool yourself. And poor and stupid and wasting money is going to be the same as if you were a little bit more wealthy and stupid. You're going to waste that money the same way. Maybe instead of buying a tricked out Honda Civic, you're going to buy a tricked out Mercedes Benz. Or maybe instead of buying four pairs of jeans from Old Navy, you're going to buy four pairs of jeans from Bahrain or (laughs) from, I don't know, from wherever. Um... You know, so, I mean, that's my little rant about workplaces and it's just so many things. There's just so many things that just stop people from getting ahead and, you know, people think they can just slide in and fix it with the children. Fix the parents. Why are the parents forgotten about? The parents used to be children as well. Nowadays, you could be working one of these crusty low paying jobs and your kid can just jump out of high school and do the exact same job or even better sometimes because they're more technologically savvy why are they more technologically savvy because they grew up in the age of computers and youtube and google (laughs) and their parents are stuck doing manual labor where they don't even have time to pull open a computer time to do an online Um, initiative or education program or whatever it is so therefore because they don't have time they're being held back it's the whole system yo and I'm not saying that it has to be totally broken down and dismantled but all I'm saying is maybe is it possible to maybe bolster help out the people who got screwed over (laughs) in past to those middle-aged people 
who are barely making it, who are having a hard time even living on their own. Some of them have crawled back to their parents' homes. Some of them have depended on little shifty moves here and there to afford a house of their own or a condo of their own, or maybe they're in a rent uh, geared to your income and that means basically they're not going to get it forward or those who have to live separate from their spouse so that they can claim two different incomes so that they can afford a proper place or the different sad scams that people have to pull off just so they can eke out a halfway normal lower than average paycheck in existence I wish somebody cared about that. I wish somebody really did care about the poor people and not just offer everyone the minimum wage and jack it up from nine to 14 to 15. Now every job that's not a half decent paying job nowadays is $15 an hour. And that's the reason why there's so many jobs available. People are just shifting from this one to this one. Oh, you're pissing me off over here. Fine, I'm going to go over to McDonald's and make $15 an hour. Oh, Winners isn't working for you? Okay, I'm going to go over here and sweep floors for $15 an hour. Like, it's just all the same. <laughs> there's no levels to this. There's either poor or poor. Or you made it for a little bit of time because most of the jobs that they pay half decent don't let you stay in those jobs for too long as well. And that's the other trick that they pull. A lot of people think they have the quote-unquote come up. But what they don't realize is that come up is going to be a slap down in the near future. But get comfortable. Go get that mortgage. Go get that car payment. Hope you got a safety net. <laughs> and that's about all I can say. Remember, everything expressed on this is just entertainment. I'm really not serious with anything that I've said. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to go on to the more fun, happy stuff. Dealing with difficult people. Now, I have no idea why. I think there's too many things going on in the background of my um, computer. Let me see if I can close a couple things. sounds better I still want some beats yeah okay so toxic people 12 things they do and how to deal with them now I really don't know if these people have any clue on how to deal with them I was reading through some of this yesterday and I thought hmm I could talk about this on my podcast <laughs> not that I was looking about this for myself or anything Okay, so this is coming from HeySigmund.com. Okay, so if you want to check this out for yourself, check it out. It's HeySigmund.com, like Sigmund Freud. Yeah, HeySigmund.com um, slash toxic and then I guess dash people backslash comment page 50, whatever. Anyhow, let's get to it. Now, I'm just going to read the article straight up, and then you know me, I'll just jump in here and there. It says, we have all had toxic people dust us, dust us with their poison. Dust, eh? Nice. 
Sometimes it's more like a drenching. Difficult people are drawn to the reasonable ones or the agreeable ones, right? So you have dis difficult people or disagreeable people and they are drawn, I don't even know why I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that already. Sorry, let me just read it as it is. It says, difficult people are drawn to reasonable ones and all of us have likely had or have at least one person in our lives who have us bending around ourselves like barbed wire in endless attempts to please them, only to never really get there. Their damage lies in their subtle subtlety and sorry, their damage lies in their subtlety and the way they can engender that classic response. It's not them, it's me. They can have you questioning your overreactiveness, your oversensitivity, your, your tendency to misinterpret if you're the one who's continually hurt or the one who is constantly adjusting your own behaviors to avoid being hurt or to avoid being in conflict, I add that of course, then, then chances are that is not you and it is very much them. Being able to spot their harmful behavior is the first step to minimizing their impact. You might not be able to change what they do, but you can change what you do with it. And any idea that toxic somebody is your in your life might have that they, what the heck? Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And any idea that that toxic somebody in your life might have that they can get away with it. I don't even take that man. <laughs> that didn't feel right. There are plenty of things toxic people do to manipulate people in situations to their advantage. Here are 12 of them. 12 of them. <laughs> Knowing them will help you to avoid falling under the influence. Okay, so I'm going to go through these as usual. 1 to 12. Now, if you, I will have to chime in here and there if I don't agree because that's just what I do. And you know that if you've been in my podcast days before. All right. Number one, they'll keep you guessing about which version of them you're getting. <laughs> they'll, complete, they'll be completely lovely one day and then the next you'll be wondering what you've done to upset them. There often isn't anything obvious that will explain the change of attitude. You just know something isn't right. They might be prickly, sad, cold, or cranky. And when you ask if there is something wrong, the answer will likely be nothing. But they'll give you just enough, just enough bad vibes to let you know that there's something. That's just enough might be a heavy sigh or raised eyebrow or cold shoulder. When this happens, you might find yourself making excuses for them in your mind or doing something or everything you can to make them happy. See why it works for them. Hmm. Stop trying to please them. Toxic people figure out uh, figured out a long time ago that decent people will go ex to extraordinary lengths to keep 
the people they care about happy. If your attempts, if your attempts to please aren't working or aren't lasting very long, maybe it's time to stop. Walk away and come back when the mood has shifted. You are not responsible for anybody else's feelings, they say. If you have done something unknowingly to hurt somebody, ask, ask, talk about it, and if need be, apologize. At any rate, you shouldn't have to guess. Well, and that's the thing, right? Generally, you do have to guess. And you can't always, um, this is me, of course, now. <laughs> you can't always just walk off. Because many of us who have gone through this know that if you do walk off, when you come back, if you're allowed to come back in many cases, if you're living with the person, um, there is something sitting there, you know it's there, and many of you who have tried to just take some space and take off somewhere or go hang out with somebody else for a while or take off a few hours, come back to a crazy argument or come back with the locks changed or your clothes out the window or an invitation to sleep on the couch or a cold shoulder a literal cold shoulder if you know what I mean so it's not just you know if you're gonna be in the relationship with the person I wouldn't always suggest just taking space for an extended period of time maybe stay close just in case the person is willing or would like to fix things between you and them although I mean, we're talking about toxic people so in many cases they don't and they want you to feel angst they want you to feel all you know full of anxiety not knowing what you did this time it's really not a good feeling they'll manipulate number two if you feel as though you're the one contributing to the relationship you're probably right hey they've used my line <laughs> Toxic people have a way of sending out the vibe that you owe them something. They also have a way of taking from you or do something that hurts you, then maintaining they were doing it all along, all for you. This is particularly common in workplaces or relationships where the balance of power is, power is out. I've left that six months worth of filing for you. I thought you'd appreciate the experience and the opportunity to learn your way around the filing cabinet. <laughs> or I'm having a dinner party. Why don't you bring dinner for 10? It'll give you a chance to show off those kitchen skills. Okay. <laughs> you follow that, of course. Yeah, they will manipulate 100%. And I don't know, I guess that's how this person looks at it. But um, some people just subtly fight with you. You know, passive aggressive um, nonsense that they will bring to your life to make it difficult for you just to be you. You don't owe anybody anything. Of course, it says if it doesn't feel like favor, it's not. Well, I wouldn't say you don't owe anything anybody anything i know the bible says oh no man nothing but love so you owe everybody love not to be their slave not to have no backbone not to have a spine but you owe everyone love 
treat everybody as if you knew God was watching, the Lord Jesus is watching you, because he is. But at the same time, you don't have to be beaten just because somebody wants to abuse you. You're not, in these cases, it's not, you're not like suffering for the cross. You're just put on a cross by people who are wicked. And if you can take yourself out of their hand, especially if they have you financially over a barrel, um, it, it can be more difficult in other times. Usually it's the person, if it's a relationship, usually the person who gets put in these places are usually the person that has less in most cases. You'd think that, oh, you know, women can do it to guys no matter what. But no, because guys who are financially stable, guys who know where they're coming from in general would not stand for it in most cases because they don't have to. Three, they won't own their feelings. Rather than owning your own, their own feelings, they'll act as though feelings are yours. It's called projection, as in project, projecting their feelings and thoughts onto you. For example, someone who is angry but won't take responsibility for it might accuse you of being angry with them. It might be as subtle as, are you okay with me? Or a bit more pointed, why are you angry, with, angry at me? Or you've been in a bad mood all day. You'll find yourself justifying and defending and often this will go around in circles and circles and circles and circles. And by the end of it, you won't even know what you're arguing about. And that's just me adding that in, by the way. <laughs> you thought they really wrote circles eight times? Because it's not about you. Be really clear on what's yours and what's theirs. If you feel as though you are defending yourself too many times against accusations or questions that don't fit, you might be being projected onto. You don't have to explain, justify, or defend yourself or deal with a misfired accusation. Remember that. And that's what I think I have, I have um, forgotten most times. You know, and, and it's not that live your truth, know your truth and all that nonsense. Truth is truth. And sometimes we get stuck into saying that about I know I'm living my own truth or I'm speaking my own truth. No, you can speak what has happened or the reality of what has transpired in your life or what has happened to you. That is not necessarily truth. It is just what happened. That's the result of this, result of that. Just because somebody called you an idiot doesn't mean you're an idiot, right? Okay, so that's not truth. It's just what you were called. Hopefully you get that analogy. Four, they'll make you prove yourself to them. Big one. They'll regularly put you in a position where you have to choose between them and something else. And you'll always feel obligated to choose them. Toxic people will wait until you have a commitment. Then they'll unfold the drama. If you really cared about me, you'd skip your exercise class and spend time with me. The problem with this is that enough will never be enough. Few things are fatal unless it's life or death. Chances are it can wait. And you know, I can honestly say that I did this and I'm 
and when I'm speaking about this, I'm not speaking about any specific person, but I can honestly say that sometimes, even within myself, I've stopped doing something that I needed to do for me and ended up losing anyways, but I tried to appease the other person. And then you know what happens to the person who does this, who tries to appease the person, the God in their life or whatever you want to call it. You end up turning around years later saying, why didn't I go to that basketball tryout? Why didn't I take that high paying job just a little further out? Why didn't I keep going to the gym? Now I'm 80 pounds heavier than I was at the time when I was actually committed. And I did that because this person wasn't 100% okay with me at the gym or whatever the case is. And even if you ever brought it up in a conversation, it'd be like, don't blame me. Nobody, you know, I, I you could have pushed away the fork from your own mouth, but you were the one putting it in your mouth. You know what I mean? No stuff like that. When you know that every time you came back, you were looked at sideways and, you know, maybe you were playing, um, you know, hockey or basketball on the weekend with your boys or girls or whatever it is. And the person started looking at you sideways and you said, okay, let me just cut that out because this is the most important relationship in my life and yada, yada, yada. And then you got horribly out of shape and now you're stuck with remnants, except it's only you and they're gone about their business. I know there's many stories like that. Could have got that better job. Could have stayed fit. Could have did that other business opportunity. Could have learned that new skill. Could have taken that new course. But no, you stopped yourself for the other person. And now the other person has moved on without you. Now where are you? And that's real. And it's sad. And I really feel for anybody who's gone through this. Because what you end up finding is, is that you've lost time. One of our most valuable commodities in this life is time. And to know that you've made progress in something that you dedicated yourself to only to fall back, lose that, those steps forward. And now you have to think about getting back to where you started, not getting back to where you ended at, at, at time, but actually getting back to where you started because maybe you fell off even farther. And it's sad. And you know, the funny thing is about the only person who's going to care is you. Don't worry. The person who you think you did all this for is not going to care, especially if they're not around. They've moved on to bigger and better things. They have made sure that their financial or their situation is secure and as such has moved on because they don't need you. And you're, I'm telling you right now, if you're in the middle of it, you're being dumb. You're being dumb to think that you have to set aside the things that you need for yourself, the things that you want for yourself in line with the word of God. I'm talking to you Christians, but you don't have to just throw away yourself. You are still someone. You are still a person in Christ. You're still a child of God. You, you still matter. 
don't think that you have to push everything across because what happens is it never works, especially when you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're doing it just to appease someone, it's not going to work. If you're doing it because you know you need to dedicate yourself more because you've maybe selfishly pulled yourself out of the relationship and you know you know you know you need to maybe be what do you call it to alter your behaviors but if it's not sinful and it is positive and it is godly and you're not doing anything wrong don't think you have to stop things out of guilt guilt will kill you six especially misplaced guilt they'll be there in a crisis but they'll never ever share your joy <laughs> yep now hold on let me just plug this I can plug this in while I'm here. Hold on a second. No, oh, that wasn't so bad. Let's see if I can get some juice. You hear that? Getting some juice. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. They'll be there in crisis, but they'll never ever share your joy. And you, you know, sometimes you wonder why. You know, you've they, they'll be there when things are going rough. Let me just read what they say. They say they'll find reasons your good news isn't great news. The classics about promotion. The money isn't that great for the amount of work you'll be doing. About a holiday at the beach. Well. It's going to be very hot. Are you sure you want to go? About being made queen of the universe. Well, the universe isn't that big, you know, and I'm pretty sure you won't get tea breaks. Get the idea? Don't let them dampen you or shrink you down to the size that they want you to be or their size. You don't need their approval anyway or anyone else for that matter. Now, Again, this person is obviously not a Christian, so there are some other ideologies and ideas that are a little bit whatever, but some of it's truthful. But I know some of the worst things that you can ever read or be taught will be like 80% true, and that 20% will really be a doozy, will be a killer. So you got to be careful. So sometimes I don't like reading their last lines because it really... They try to hammer home that nobody else matters. You don't owe anybody anything. And who cares what anybody thinks. And I don't jive with those things really. I don't even know why I'm reading them. But I'm just reading the person's list here. <laughs> but um, I won't say never. For you know. They may not. I would say in reality. Just from my experience. They probably won't be as happy for you when something happens for you as as happy as you would think they would be and they generally a lot of these people are there when you go through a rough time and maybe even 
You may not be able to feel it, but they might even be more tentative than you would expect them to be or even want them to be. And they'll be just oddly supportive when things are really crappy for you. Seven, they'll leave a conversation unfinished and then they'll go offline. I guess this is an online thing. They won't pick up their phone. They won't answer their text or email. And in, be, in, in between rounds of their voice message, you might find yourself playing the conversation argument over and over in your head, guessing about the status of your relationship, wondering what you've done to upset them this time, or whatever they've, wh where, whatever, <laughs> sorry, or whether they're dead, alive, or just ignoring you, which can sometimes all feel the same. People who care about you won't let you go on feeling rubbish without attempting to sort it out. And that's what you really got to remember, people. That doesn't mean you're, you'll sort it out, of course, but at least they'll try. Take it as a sign of their investment in the relationship if they leave you out, if they leave you out there for lengthy sessions. So yeah, this one I would jive with mostly because if somebody cares, they don't want to see you just out there in the streets, discombobulated, upset, and you know, just all out of sorts, disheveled. They they want you to feel better. They want you to be able to operate properly. They're not gonna call you on your job just to stress you out, piss you off on purpose, knowing that you can't function. People who love people don't do that. And you know, once, twice, three times, you know, it happened. You know, maybe they just. You know, they want care, they want love. But you know what? Most of these people, when, when it's happened more than once or twice, it's a pattern. Are you listening? It's a pattern. It's something that they're doing actually on purpose. When they know that you have an agreeable, soft heart in certain ways, because yeah, you could be cold or you could have issues in other parts of your characteristics or your personality or whatever it is but um they know where you're soft and that's where they'll stick you so yeah have you ever had the person who will ignore you all night ignore you all morning or maybe even avoid you in the morning just in case you try to talk to them and then they let you get halfway to work all the way to work and then they'll lay it on you on a on a four paragraph text one that they know you're going to pay attention to and one that they know will disrupt you from doing your job and why would people do this more than once or twice especially when you brought it to their attention because that's what they want to do and just being real with you there's no love in that there's no love in it at all it's not just okay well the person's hurt so their obvious um reaction is to hurt you back that's not love love isn't i got hurt so therefore i must hurt you that's not love and even as i say it i i am like accepting that for myself and it's difficult it's not the behavior of love. 
would you do it to them? Would you... I mean, if you're listening to this and you're, you're the, you know, the product of a twisted, toxic relationship or situation between you and a spouse or whatever it is, would you ever think of literally getting back and hurting the person because they hurt you? The answer in most cases, if you're listening to this and you've been affected by this, is probably no. The people that would say yes are people who are probably trying to plan something to do to somebody. And I, you know, I reject that if that's what you're (laughs) trying to do. I hope you're not using this, um, this podcast to do negative things to people, evil things to people. But yeah, think about that, what I just said. They'll use non-toxic words with a toxic tone. The message might be innocent enough, but the tone conveys so much more. Something like, what did you do today? Or, better yet, what did you do today? Can mean different things depending on the way it's said. What'd you do today? (laughs) Right? It could mean anything from, so, I bet you did nothing as usual, to, I'm sure your day was better than mine. Mine was awful, just awful, and you didn't even notice enough to ask. When you question the tone, they'll come back with, all I said was, what did you do today? Which is true, kind of, not really. And those are harsh. You know, when somebody says, you know, like, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. (laughs) Or um, you were supposed to take the garbage out, maybe, and you didn't. And it was, you're supposed to catch a hint from what did you do today? (laughs) Um, I'm really hungry. And maybe you didn't cook food and you should have cooked food. I don't know. It was just your turn or... You took a sick day off, so you could have at least cooked dinner. (laughs) Um, Let's see. And I got some stuff to say at the end of this, which is going to be different than this person's list. (laughs) For sure, I think. Um, Still debating whether or not I should say anything. They'll bring irrelevant detail into a conversation. When you're trying to resolve something important to you, toxic people will bring in irrelevant details from five arguments or two years ago the peop- the problem with this is that before you know it you're arguing about something you did six months ago maybe two years ago five years ago ten years ago still defending yourself and I, I am adding I'm, I'm adding to this but you're still defending yourself for something that you probably already apologized for rather than dealing with the issue at hand Somehow, it just always seems to end about what you've done to them. And then when you say, why are you talking about things in the past? They're saying their answer and you can never defend this because your behaviors have not changed. It's indefensible, really, because if it's just you and them arguing, I mean, you can list the ways that you've changed if you want, but that's not the reason for this. 
This is just not to get to the point of the matter at hand and to spin you around and around and around and around till you don't even bother trying to stick to whatever the point was in the discussion in the first place. <laughs> They'll make it about the way you're talking rather than what you're talking about. Man, I mean, I could go off. Let me just read theirs, but I have my own two cents. I mean, I probably should just be using their statements than going on about mine, but um, we'll just read. It says, you might be trying to resolve an issue or get clarification, and before you know it, the conversation slash argument has moved away from the issue that was important to you and on the matter and onto the manner in which you talked about it. Right. So how? Whether there is an issue with your manner or not, you'll find yourself defending your tone, your gestures, your choice of words, or the way your belly moves when you breathe. It doesn't even need to make sense. Meanwhile, your initial need is well gone on the pile of unfinished conversations that seem to grow bigger by the day. So yeah, they will definitely make it about the way you're talking rather than what you're talking about. And a lot of time, the conversation will end. They'll say something like, okay, well, if you're going to talk to me that way, I'm not going to talk to you. And it's like, okay, so now because I was upset about something that happened and because I expressed it in an unseemingly manner, therefore the conversation's over and now we get to sit around and dwell in a cloud of unforgiveness, resentment, hurt, pain, and the list goes on. And somehow this makes sense to some people. They exaggerate. You always, you never, it's hard to defend yourself against this form of manipulation. You always say that. You never. Toxic people have a way of drawing on the one time you didn't or the one time you did as evidence of your shortcomings. Don't buy into the argument. You won't win and you don't need to. And that's true. 100% true. Because it's been done. <laughs> you, I, you know, people with the absolutes you've never done and it's like you can like soon as somebody says that what happens usually if you have time there is you go back to time that you did or you realize that you've done something but you know that you don't always do it and it, it's horrible because these people are being manipulative they may have other stuff <laughs> stuff they may have other stuff going on or even some mental issues of their own so, you know, the best thing I can tell you, and I mean, if you're here still listening, then you've probably been through this. Um, the best thing I can tell you is just to forgive. It's really difficult because oftentimes when you've had these types of arguments, um, discussions, when the, um, the subject changes or whatever, you're like, you're close to like, imploding not even exploding it's like from the inside you're just all ripped up you're ripped to shreds nothing is solved 
you're hurt beyond belief you're hurt because you think you've hurt them also and you're just torn up you're dismembered within yourself and you don't even see where you can mend the bridges the broken parts the you to fix the pain the hurts and all that stuff that you're not sure that you've caused or have caused and you know that no one is closer to fixing all the hurt and the pain inside of you it's a horrible feeling and i'm not going to go as far to say that people do it on purpose but when there is a history of it when it always is it's like one two three four five so this happens this happens this happens this happens this happens and then this and when it goes in that pattern you know two three four five ten times or more for this year that year next year the year after that and it always seems to like it just continually seems to go that way then i can tell you right now there is a purposeful way in which you're being treated and a purposeful way in dealing with things and it's it's one thing if people circle back every second time or every third time and try to honestly fix things then you have a person there that maybe is conflicted maybe dealing with some mental issues but when you know that you go through these things and the person never ever circles back and tries to fix them between you and them it's not love and it's really hard to say and i and you know and i i could understand somebody maybe even shedding a tear when i when i say this because you really really love that person but they're not showing you love they don't show that you have worth to them they're not showing that they care about your feelings they're just stuck they're stuck on their own thing or worse is when you know you you have something that amazing that happens to you or you've had an epiphany or you've um, come to some some realization about something or you've had a eureka moment and for whatever reason you bring it to them because you're the person you bring it you bring those kind of things to and they totally ignore you and say yeah but did you wash the dishes yet they're letting you know how much they value you and there's no value there and it's sad especially if you've gone years and years and years maybe over 20 30 40 years thinking that somebody really cares about you maybe it's a sibling maybe it's a parent and these things are happening and you realize it you're demanded or expected to do certain things for them but then on the other end the back end they could care less about your happiness and yeah they'll throw you a bone every once in a while you know they'll get this and get that because you know they they got to get their stuff and then maybe they'll ask you if you want something on the back end just to make you feel like you're included just to kind of pay like a little bit of pittance or whatever it is just just so um you, you you can't say that they owe you anything in most cases number 12 they are judgmental we all get it wrong sometimes but toxic people will make sure you know it they'll judge you and take a swipe at your self-esteem suggesting that you're less than because you made a mistake we're all allowed to get it wrong now and then but unless 
we've done something that affects them, nobody has the right to stand in judgment. Knowing that the favorite go-to for toxic people will sharpen your radar, make the manipulations easier to spot and easier to name. More importantly, if you know the characteristics, the signs of a toxic person, you'll have a better chance at catching yourself before you tie yourself in double knots trying to please them. Some people can't be pleased and some people won't be good for you. <laughs> I'm saying won't be pleased, but yeah, won't be good for you. And many times that will have nothing to do with you. You can always say no to unnecessary crazy. Be confident and own your own faults, your quirks, the things that you that make you shine. You don't need anyone's approval to be but remember, if someone is working hard to manipulate, it's probably because you, because they need yours, your approval. You don't always have to give it up, but if you do, don't let that cost be too high. And yeah, it's pretty much there. I don't know if you don't need anyone else's approval for anything. I don't think you're just a, I don't believe anyone is an island, so you may need their approval you are your brother's keeper but um yeah you have to avoid paying that extra cost that's that's not valued at whatever is happening or whatever the issue is when somebody wants to give you a little extra torture just to put you in your place that's not right you know i can honestly tell you and maybe this would be number lucky 13 but um I've gone through situations where, you know, maybe I've been wrong in the past about certain things, or even at present, but um, where you, one thing you can find yourself being um, targeted and put down for one small thing or something that they knew anyways, they find something that you did this is generally how it works. I don't know how conscious it is for the person, but it seemingly is conscious at some level. But you'll do something wrong. They won't use their emotion to say, what the heck, you did this wrong? No. Instead, what many of these people do is they put it in their back pocket and they save it for a rainy day. And then on a day where maybe you did this for them, you gave them that, you made sure this was straight and that was straight, and then they'll turn around and say, you know what? They won't say one thing about what you gave them, what you did for them, how you handled your business and made things straight. They will pick the one nebulous thing and make that as big as they can. And if that's not good enough, they'll reach into their back pocket and pull out that offense that you did and add that to the bill to make sure that it adds up enough for them to have the excuse to give you the business. And I've been through that many times. And I can honestly tell you that it's sad when people do that. So... What can my advice be? Because, you know, I've done over 70 of these things now. 
um, supposedly this is um, episode 77 I think possibly but um, you have to be careful and this is just me without the emotions of earlier talking this is just a friend talking to a friend you know you you, you can't let people try to destroy you you can't let people try to tear you down to nothing I mean you know you have value right you also know you're not perfect right and for you to allow someone just to tear you down till there's like nothing left of you their kicks not because their hurt is so enormous or so prevalent in their life even though those are the things that they might bring out in a time I mean the sad thing is that well the reality is maybe not the sad thing is but the reality is you will have disagreements with your significant other your wife your husband but the reality is, is how are you going to deal with it? And if every time you're arguing with the person, they're just looking to annihilate you, that's not love. There's surely not godly love. And you have to really look over that and realize that there is value in your life. And when you know that you work hard to change certain things about yourself and it's not change things about yourself but kind of supplement your nonsense because we all have nonsense with some extra good behaviors in other areas maybe you still have some struggles or you still have some trials or you know some challenges to get through so you try to um, help by doing other things <laughs> and when you realize that nothing is good enough, nothing is valued, nothing is praised. And when you realize that someone never rejoices with you, never tries, and maybe it's not never, but hardly ever tries to support you doing things that you want to do with yourself, with your life, with your career, with your physique, with your whatever it is then you have to really question, what am I in? And I mean, if you're in a marriage, okay, first of all, I don't believe in divorce. So especially for these types of reasons, I would say, you know, you need to pray. You need to look at yourself and say, what can I change? What is there that I can draw myself closer to the cross, closer to to God's um ways of doing things his precepts closer to the lord's word and you may have to suffer a little bit even though you've suffered in a different way but when you turn around and say okay it's not my way and it's not your way but it's god's way and try to humble yourself humble yourself to the word to the will of god and give yourself fully into doing things the way he wants to, then you don't have to worry about other people. 
And yeah, they will affect you. But guess what? They won't be able to affect you in that way forever. They won't live forever and you won't live forever. So the time is short and time is at hand for the Lord's return. And one of my better um, pieces of somewhat advice to you would just remember that only what you do for Christ will last. Everything else is passing away. You're not going to be able to reach out and grasp the wind. You feel it, but you can't hold it. Sometimes you have to adapt. Just to let God work things out for you. And I know it's hard. I know it's difficult when, you know, especially if you're someone who's made big. Nobody's made bigger mistakes than I have in like relationship wise and it's sad if you made those relationships mistakes and you know that you try you tried to right your wrong you have turned away from your sin you repented from your wicked ways and then somebody will never ever ever let it go and bring it up with every time you didn't buy the right item at the store you didn't clean the carpet good enough or you didn't save enough money out of your paycheck or you didn't do this or you didn't do that and somehow it goes back to that other thing if I could just say a small prayer if you're willing to listen and it's nothing that I've um, prepared so it's just off, off the cuff I just feel the need to pray and I'll just say Father God We just thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and your care. We thank you for dying for us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for being the King of kings and Lord of lords in our lives and over the whole universe and over everything. And Lord God, we realize that we are not perfect. We are never going to be perfect on this earth, but we are striving for perfection in you. We know that in all things you are able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask or even think. We know that you're able to do anything that we are unable to do, and you're willing to help your children, those who have called you Lord, those who believe in you and have faith in you, those who you've given the faith to believe in you. Lord God, I just pray that you would touch that one that is listening right now, that one that feels that they're on their last rope, I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would help them to realize their faults and turn away from their wicked ways and look to you and look to your word for direction. I just praise you right now, Lord God, and I exalt you because you alone are worthy to be praised. You alone are worthy to be worshipped and magnified and glorified for what you've done, for who you are. I just thank you right now. Okay, y'all. Thanks for coming out. And again, this is You're Probably Right. And I am MCM. Take care. Till next time. Hey, come check out You're Probably Right podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. 
Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions. And all the while, understand that, listen, sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table. Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. <laughs> Hopefully, the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, Maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon.